Check two, three, check two, three. Levels are good. Levels are good. Hi. Everywhere around the world. Hi. What do you, what? 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 Enough. Hi. How are you? Fine. Good. Hey, it's, uh, you know. All right, it's Dan Class. I'm under the flight path in Los Angeles International Airport. I'm a stay-at-home dad. Shut in. Failed actor. Former comedian. Former failed. Uh, never was. Listen, I'm no has-been. I'll tell you that. That's my only claim to, to uh, you know, non-fame. Is I'm not a has-been. As you have to have been first. Okay. Listen, you know, hi. Mm. Yes, I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you. I've missed you. I know. Listen, summertime is nuts. I, I have no control over the schedule. I got to tell you, I, you know, the kids go to bed later and later every night. Pretty soon it's all nighters all the time. I, I need September, please, people. Hello? I need September and I need it quickly. Not really, because it's it's definitely that time of summer where I start to I'm starting to already get sad that summer's ending, even though it's only the middle of July. But I like to, you know, I like to get prepared for my disappointments, and so it goes. Because you know, when summer started, I promised myself and my son that we were going to go boogie boarding all the time. Did I even tell you know? It was my daughter's birthday in early April, and here you know. Hudson and I are boogie boarding, freezing our cajones off. Like, no, man, this is the summer of the boogie boards. We are going to be riding waves every day, all day. I haven't, I haven't ridden with him since April. I, I, you know, it's not right. I got to go. I got to go tomorrow. There's always stuff, you know, that's the weird thing is, and you know, I do these silly little podcasts, you know, I cut podcasts. I'm a podcast producer. I'm an independent podcast producer. Does your company need to uh, enter the world of new media? Just call Dan Class at Jacket Media. He'll kick ass in your name, baby. Well, you know, every once in a while I got to work. Well, then you go through a dry spell. Apparently summer's not a dry spell time. Listen, everybody, relax. Stop with the work. Go to the beach. We should all go to the beach and go. No more with the podcasts. Thank you. Relax. Wait till school's back in session. And I've got all day. Day, baby. You know? So there's there's things to be done. I can't go boogie. I want to, listen, uh, I'll be honest with you. I want to get up late, you know? I'd like to go out to breakfast. This would be my ideal day. Let's think about this for a second. Because this is something I never think about. Do you ever think about that? Like, you know, and all the hubbub of driving things around and dropping things off and doing your uh, whatever, whatever you do, your work, whatever that work is you do. Because I was thinking about this the other day. You know, my wife and I, I got to tell you, we're not enjoying life. I mean, we love our kids, but in general, uh, we're not really having that much fun. So I was thinking the other day, you know, what would we want to do? What, like, what would we do to have fun? And, you know, I got nothing. So let let me think about this for a second. Basically, I so I'd get up late, I'd go out to breakfast, you know, with my family, and then um, 
I don't know. Maybe Hudson and I by ourselves would go boogie boarding. I'll tell you why by ourselves. Because unlike his sister, Hudson is a very strong swimmer. See, she's going to get sucked out to sea. She scares the living bejesus out of me because she, Trooper, you know, she has no concept of the fact that the ocean comes in, you know, the waves, the waves comes in, they come in, they grab you, and then they try to pull you out to Japan. The last time I was at the beach with her, because I always make her hold my hand and she's always trying to squirm out of my hand and the wave comes in and it knocks, you know, of course, inevitably my nightmare comes true. A wave knocks her over. And all the only thing between her and drowning is the iron grip that I have on her wrist. So no, tro- no trooper, me and H, no trooper, and no Melissa because uh, I, I, I don't want the distraction of you know maybe I should be doing something else. Maybe I should no, I don't. Okay, I don't want to hear about the sand getting in the house or in the car, or whatever. There's sand everywhere. No kidding, we're at the beach. It's the shore. Please. I just want to boogie board in peace. So maybe that's it. So maybe H and I go boogie board and then we go into some sort of hermetically sealed shower situation. Some sort of silk wood. They just, you know, fire hoses like Rambo. They get all the sand off us before we get in the car and get in the house and all that stuff. Then we eat again. Again, not at home. I don't want to eat at home ever again. Do you understand powers of the universe? Can I please strike it rich at some point and never have to cook or clean up again? I've had it enough. And then I'd go to a movie and then uh, I'd come home and then I'd watch uh, a movie on TV. While everybody else was asleep and left me alone so I could choose. Except I'd be in a soundproof room where I could turn the volume up to any level I want. And I'd lock the door so in case I happen to be watching a movie where for 10 seconds a guy and a girl are mashing on a sofa somewhere, my wife isn't there lying on the sofa to wake up and call me a degenerate. I've told you that before. My wife can be in a coma on the couch. I can flip through the channels. And if I mistakenly land on a channel that has nudity or I'm watching a movie that's 99.999% kung fu and 0.00001% topless, boom, that's when she wakes up. I swear to you. Uh, I don't know how she does it, but it gets done. But I don't know, maybe that's sad that that my ideal day would be going out to eat probably two or three times, boogie boarding for about 10 seconds, and watching movies all day. That's, I don't know, is is that the American way? Is that the American dream? It has nothing to do with the picket fence anymore. It's just peace and quiet and feature films. I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I just got back from karate. My back hurts. Someone bled on my uniform. Now listen, I know that I'm going to karate. I know that we're punching and kicking. But I could do without the blood on my uniform. Because see what happens, listen, you know, You've seen those karate uniforms. They're white. They're white cotton. Thick white cotton. But inevitably, every karate school sews an emblem of some kind on the uniform. So the uniform is not white. So you can't just shove the uniform in a big vat of bleach. 
It has to be carefully maintained at all times or else you get a bleached out patch. You don't want that. Disrespectful. Someone, ble- I just, you know, I didn't even notice till I was taking it. I was like, hey, what the? So I figure I'm leaking. No. I just, I, you know, I, all I do all day is straighten up and clean up. I don't want someone bleeding on me. I thought it was me, of course. You know, I assumed it was my blood. No. Look, it's the 21st century. I don't want other people's blood anywhere near me. Okay? Enough. Enough of the bleeding and the blooding and the blood. So, I'm going to tell you about two things. These are not really stories. These are more, uh, uh, you know, anecdotal, uh, whatever, comments. You know, story has kind of a beginning, a middle, and end. This is just uh, what has happened. Now, the one thing is, you know, those situations that you really, really don't want to be in, but you got to be in because you're an adult, you're a man, you're trying to be a man about being an adult and being an adult man in America in the 21st century. Now, my my neighbor, Gene, now you know my neighbor, Gene, you know I love Gene, and you know Gene is uh, a great guy, and he's... And he, you know, he's got to be 90 some odd years old and he still uses his computer. You know, he's on it. You know what I mean? He's 90 some odd years old and he's, he's got a computer and a monitor. He's, he's got, uh, you know, internet access. He's, he's on it and he's doing flyers for his church and his Freemasons and all that stuff. And he's go, go, going, right? This guy, I got to tell you, he's unstoppable. Almost. Well, what happened was. He called me the other day and he somehow had lost his access to his email and then somehow got locked out of uh, Windows. Now, he usually either comes to me with computer questions or he goes to our neighbor and his good friend, Tony. Now, early on, he would come to me more because he used to use a Mac, but then Tony uh, got him set up with a Windows machine. And so then he would go to Tony, and Tony got him set up on, uh, you know, his email and all that, really, you know, got it going on for Gene. Awesome, great, here we go. So, so Gene calls me stressed, because for some reason now he's, he's locked out of Windows, and he can't get his email, and he doesn't know what to do. And I received this call uh, two days after Tony has passed away. Now, Gene is devastated by this, as you can imagine. They were very good friends. Now, this guy, Tony, not to get into his story because it's not my place. Tony was a great guy. Absolutely great guy. Uh, An absolute saint to Gene. Wonderful neighbor. Wonderful house, why, you know what I mean? The whole thing, pillar of the community. I can't imagine, I mean, maybe he had some dark secret. No, trust me, as far as I could tell, aces, dude. I mean, really. But you know what? Uh, If the big C taps you on the shoulder, you you know, you can duke it out with the big C for so long, but then, you know, big C might clock you. And he fought and fought and fought, and then I'll, I'll, you know, he, and then he was gone. So not only does Gene, and my heart is, you know, my heart is breaking for the man. 
Not only does Gene have to deal with the fact that his friend has gone, really close, really dear friend, but just salt in the wound, the thing that Tony would always help Gene with has reared its head, has, you know, the monkey has been thrown into the wrench and he does not know what to do. And his friend is no longer around to turn to. So he calls me to go help him. So I go over there and, you know, I got to tell you, I got no idea how Tony has this set up. And Gene only has a kind of vague idea, but he's got the name of a couple companies that uh, he's fairly certain deal with it. And he tells me who he gets his Internet access from. Now, to make a long story short, so we go through his internet service provider and they give me the password. We set his re- reset the password. See, we couldn't get into Windows, but then we restarted and we did this and we did that. And we got him back into Windows. Then we couldn't get into Outlook and blah, 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 blah. Well, we finally find the company that handles Gene's email. It's not his service provider. It's another company. And can you see where this is going? See, Tony and his saintness, to simplify things for Gene, set all of Gene's stuff up in his own name, in Tony's name. And may or may not have even been paying the bill. I I don't know, but, but... you know, Gene's email that he can't get to is in Tony's name. And they won't give me the password. And we can't exactly put Tony on the phone. So they inform me that basically Gene needs to take over his email. If, in fact, now Tony may or may not be handling the billing. Which means I have to sit there and explain to my 90-some-odd-year-old neighbor and friend the steps he needs to take to get his email transferred out of Tony's name. and into his own. Well, we need to uh, get a letter from the executor of Tony's estate, apparently, Gene. And, um, you know, we've got to get a letter and uh, it's got to say, you know, that it's okay to do that. And, um, Gotta get a photo ID, you gotta get a copy of that, and a copy of the you know, death certificate, and uh, the, you know, maybe photocopy of uh, the spousal uh, driver's license, because that's a government document with a photo, and uh, that way it's, uh, you know, it's good uh, proof of uh, that, and then we gotta fax it all to Canada. Great. 
Couldn't we have all just left well enough alone? Couldn't we just lick a stamp and throw it in a blue box? Did we have to do this? Was the Pony Express so bad, you know? So basically, the best that the guy could do to get Gene's email up and running was send Gene's password to Tony's widow. That's a phone call that I wasn't even going to make. That was for Gene. The poor guy. saw my friend Frank. My friend Frank is a musician. Now Frank, I've known Frank since uh, g- g- junior high. I, I dare do the math. No, I don't. I've known Frank since probably, you know, the seventh grade. When I moved, uh, you know, when we moved to Fairport, New York, Rochester, moved back from, uh, we, we lived in England for a while and then we moved back to, and we moved to a town called Fairport. And one of the first guys I think I ever met and became friends with was Frank. So I've known Frank since, uh, you know, I, how long ago was that? Before the Bicentennial? Uh, you know, years, trust me. And for as long as I knew Frank, he was a guitar player. He was a guitar player before I, you know, before junior high even. And always, a guitar, that, that was just, you know, that's part of who Frank is. Frank is a guitar, guitar player. And, you know, as you go through high school and... um and then everybody graduates and you go your separate ways. And you don't know if people, you know, that you think of as guitar players in high school are going to continue to be guitar players or if they're going to, you know, become accountants or bankers or managers or marketers or whatever, you know, whatever people really do. But Frank is a guitar player. He went to college for guitar playing. And music. A very good school somewhere. I forget where it was. It doesn't really matter. The point is, he, 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 Frank, do you understand? Frank is a guitar player and a hell of a guitar player. You could probably wake him up from, you know, in a dead sleep, hand him a Stratocaster and just name a song and he can play it. No, no problem. And like all of us, you know, he, who had dreams of uh, big stardom. You know, he was in this band and that band and they wrote these songs and those songs and they had originals and they, 
you know, they played out and they had a modest, uh, you know, following and then, you know, they break up and then this guy and that stays together with that guy and these guys. So he was in several bands, good bands. And then back in the coffee house days, you know, the early 90s, he was in an acoustic duo playing the coffee house circuit in L.A. Acoustic guitar on the borderline, you know what I mean? You know, folky, jazzy, rocky, whatever. Whatever acoustic duos play in coffee houses, that's what they did. And they put out a cassette. Okay, it's that. I know I'm dating the story. You know what I'm saying. They put out a cassette. They did some college tours. And eventually, you know, reality sets in. You've been married long enough. It's time to start having kids. You move out to the sticks. And you get to a point, like I have, like so many of us have. You know, this one wanted to write blockbusters, and now he's doing this. This one wanted to be a major movie star, and now he's doing that. Yours truly, uh, enough said. Well, certainly... You know, Frank must have gone through a phase where it became time to, you know, quit the day job but still be a guitar player. A tricky, you know, rope to straddle. So he started teaching guitars. Well, uh, guitar, you know. But at a certain point, and I don't even remember when this started, but Frank started playing in bands for, you know, I could have this all wrong, by the way, but for, uh, you know, this company, this, like, management company. I, I don't know how it works. But basically, he ends up in, like, four bands. And one play, one band is, like, a, uh, you know, like a funky disco band. And one band is, like, an 80s band. And one band, uh, you know, uh, plays jazz. And uh, one band is a Neil Diamond band. A Neil Diamond cover band. A Neil Diamond... They get a guy who sounds like Neil Diamond... And they do a couple sets of uh, whatever the hell Neil Diamond does. Forever in blue jeans, you know, like Neil Diamond. You everywhere around, right? Okay. They go around, they tour around. So he, so Frank is on tour. Frank is on tour in cover bands. All over kind of, uh, you know, northern, southern California. If you'll forgive what sounds like uh, an oxymoron. Northern, he, he tours all throughout, especially Northern Southern California. And I've seen him in a couple of these bands. And, you know, like uh, I, I went and saw the funky kind of disco band at this place right, right, right near here. And the place was packed. It was a bar. It was a nightclub. People are drinking. They're, they're having fun. They're shaking their groove things. Frank is playing that funky music white boy. It was hot. And you know what? He was having a good time. So I was very happy for Frank, he's living, you know, like, like we all do. Listen, you can either be crushed or you can live a version of the dream and realize that that is the dream. You've six that, right? And, you know, maybe I proje- have projected this on that situation, but I'm sure Frank, as I would, and again, maybe this is just me, you maybe go through a little thing of like, ah, because <laughs> I feel like this all the time, like when I'm cutting my, you know, little corporate podcast, like, oh, I wish I was, you know, I wish I was making Italian Spider-Man, but I'm not. I'm cutting uh, the corporate podcast ink 
Oh, God. Well, you know, Frank's not playing originals. He's not in the rock band that he was in when he was 25. Or the acoustic duo that he was in when he was 32. He's playing, you know, I don't know, Rock the Casbah, right? But you know what? It's paying the bills. He's teaching. He's paying the bills. He's a professional guitar player. So so he calls me on Sunday and says, listen, I, my email's all messed up. I know you're on the email list, but I, I don't know if you know this. The uh, the Neil Diamond Band, we're going to play at Pollywog Park. It's the, our annual thing. Well, that's it's today. It's from 5 to 7. Pollywog Park is in Manhattan Beach. You know, if you guys get a chance, come on down. Okay. Well, we were supposed to go last year, I think it was. Last year or the year before, but we were down doing a thing with Dr. Floyd. And we couldn't get out of the Dr. Floyd. We got out of the Dr. Floyd thing. We couldn't get out of Burbank and get down there in time. We missed it. So I I really wanted to go because it's kind of close to our house. It's a beautiful park. It's where we have had a couple of birthday parties for H. It's a Manhattan Beach, kind of hoity, you know, kind of toity. There's money in Manhattan Beach, let me tell you. So I thought, oh, this is going to be pleasant. You know, some people probably sitting their little, uh, you know, blankies, having some wine and cheese and listening to some everywhere around the world, right? Okay. We arrive in Manhattan Beach at Pollywog Park, which is usually a sedate park. And I got to tell you, because we've had these parties there, Pollywog Park has more rules than I don't even know where, than Disneyland, certainly. I mean, you can't, I'm pretty sure you can't smoke there, you can't drink there, you can't skateboard there, you can't throw, no, you can th- you can throw a Frisbee because there's Frisbee golf, but you can't ride bikes in there. No animals are allowed in there. Not Basically, nothing is allowed in there except standing erect and picnicking if you've reserved a picnic table and uh, then only, you know, if you're sober, right? All of Pollywog Park is full of people. Shoulder to shoulder. Rows and rows and rows. Endless wave ocean of people. From the very other far side of the playground, that whole area along the pond up through the entire kind of, uh, you know, seating area for the stage. It's got one of those big kind of, you know, semicircular stepped things where people can sit that whole area up above it to the left, to the right, up to the all the way to the street. Every single one of them is facing Frank. I have not seen that many people in a park type situation since ever. I don't know that the real Neil Diamond gets that kind of turnout. There were people there from three years old to probably 65 or 70. They, out of their stinking minds to see this band. Frank is a star. Frank, it's Frank and a singer and a couple of, some chick on key. They, I got to tell you something. I've never seen anything like it. 
And Frank said they'd been there all day. All, the place was insane. And these people were having a better time than they would have had at a real concert. They, they had food, they had drink, they had family, they had friends. There's bikers, there's Manhattan Beachers, you know what I mean? There's like upper, 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 middle class. There's working, there's tough looking dudes. And tough looking chickies. And, and every, the whole spectrum. Facing Frank. Facing Frank. Frank and the blonde Neil Diamond dude. And they played and played and played and played and played. And all I could think of was, dude, you are so, you are so living it right now. This is it. This is it. Look at this. You are playing for thousands and thousands and thousands of people. This place is mobbed for you because you guys are here. I'm a believer. Yeah, I got, you know, hi. All right, as always, thebitterspill.com. You know. I used to have a little thing uh, on the website where you could send me an email through the website without sending email through your email thingy. I had to take it down. Spam, 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 spam. I'm sick of spam. If I, if you ever notice that I shut down the comments and I've just given up, you'll know why. Spam. What is the use of spamming one of those things? You're, you're sending it to one guy. It's ridiculous. I don't need Viagra. Please stop sending me cheap hotel rooms and Viagra. I don't need it. I don't need to subscribe to your business magazines. I don't need pharmaceuticals. I don't. Please leave me alone. Leave me alone. If you have some spam where I can get more time per day, bring it. Otherwise, shut up. Hey, um. I had to take a little sip of tea. Yes, cold green tea. Mmm, Costco. Hey, um. Remember uh, ages ago I said that uh, I was working on a thing for J.C. Hutchins' Seventh Son Obsidian? Well, it's out, baby. It's out. It's a masterpiece. J.C. Hutchins, author of Seventh Son, calls Dan Class's contribution to Obsidian a masterpiece. Yeah, that's right, babies. So listen, seriously. If you're into Seventh Son at all, go check it out. I'll put a link uh, in the show notes. But just go to, uh, I think it's just, you know what? I I don't know how to get there. Go to jchutchins.net and I'm sure he'll show you the way. Yeah, I got some good response for that. Thank you. I got to check it out. I, I honestly, um, it was so long ago now. I don't even remember what I said. How about that? 
But uh, definitely check it out. And if you're going to be in Las Vegas at the New Media Expo, of course, you're going to be at Coverville 500, the concert with Jonathan Colton, Richard Cheese, Natalie Gelman, The Radio Adventures of Dr. Floyd, hosted by yours truly me. Now, you know, we'll be coming back from New York then. Now, how I'm going to... I, I, I get my luggage off the plane. You know, I don't know. I'm a little freaky. I don't know what's going on. We'll talk about that next time. But, um, yeah, flying from New York, we have a layover in Las Vegas. Then the family's going on to LA, and I'm staying in Las Vegas. I wonder if Melissa's considered the fact that she's going to have to handle all that luggage by herself. That'll be great. Well, I can't wait to have this conversation. Anyway, hope you're well. Thank you for supporting the bitterest pill and my mania. I will uh, talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Everywhere around the world, they're coming to America today. The Bitterest Pill is produced by Jacket Media. Jacketmedia.com, makers of fine podcasts since 2004.